Mac Power Users, Episode 705, Mac OS Window Management. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am a Mac Power User, along with my friend and yours, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you today, Stephen? I'm good, David. How are you? Good. I kind of broke my rule, though. I always say that Mac Power Users thing is kind of aspirational, but... I guess I'm a Mac Power user after 700 episodes. What up? <laughs> and we're talking about window management. What yes. nerdier topic could we choose? <laughs> the, you know, I, I love making these episodes where we can dive deep on a topic. And, you know, we can't do that every week, but this is one of those. And uh, I really enjoy these shows. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today, window management. And uh, there's a lot to talk about in window management. Yeah, I've got all these weird experiments I've been doing with setup. Steven tried every app on the app store and uh, we've got a lot to report to you. And let me tell you, dear listener, if you want to explore some of these apps, now we're going to tell you what we think about each of them, but test them one at a time. Because if you have more than one window manager <laughs> set up, and a lot of them use similar keyboard shortcuts, right? There's only so many keyboard keys you can use for shortcuts. Uh, your computer kind of goes nuts and <laughs> things get out yeah. of hand. So one at a time is the way to go. Yeah. And then you accidentally trigger them and you're in the middle of a window and suddenly it like scr- scrunches itself on the right side of the screen or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. That that would be uh, that would be maddening. But uh but window management, you know, the fact that we're talking about it kind of tells you that this is something that needs to be talked about. Uh, today, uh, we're going to focus on the Mac for this episode for more power users, which is the ad-free extended version of the show. We're going to talk about window management on the iPad, which is a whole nother kettle of fish that we need to get into. <laughs> but uh, but let's get started with window management on the Mac. And I guess the first question is, why is it so hard? <laughs> You know, I had that thought a couple of times. Uh, initially, this section was called history. Uh, but then, like, and, and running all these apps, looking through all this, like, why is this so challenging? And I think it's sort of challenging in a way that is inherent to the metaphor. Like, if you think back, some of you were around for this, some of you weren't born for this, but think back to the early days of, let's just say, the, the Mac, right? You're going to have a desktop and folders, and documents, and trash can. It was very skeuomorphic, right? It was designed to reflect your actual workspace. So as I was thinking about this, I looked around my own workspace, and stuff is everywhere. I got calendar pages printed out with a red pen where I'm proofing things. I got a couple things I need to scan. I got something I need to mail, right? Like, things build up. And I think it's the same thing in our computing lives where we're doing more than one thing at once, and the Mac and iPad and PCs and everything can multitask, multitask. We can have many windows, many applications open, all doing their own thing, and things just get cluttered. So I don't think it's a problem unique to computing, but it is kind of a funny question. Yeah, I do think it's hard, and I don't think it should be. I mean, that's one of the things I think we're going to come out with this show is hopefully by the end of the show, we've given you a tool or an idea that allows you to make your own custom window management. But the problem is all those monkeys are different. And I think Apple has had that struggle of like, can we come up with a way that just makes sense for everybody? And the answer is no, there's, there's a bunch of different users at different, um, you know, uh, levels of expertise. And then there's the evolving nature of these platforms. You talked about the early days of the Mac. 
it was very simple. Your app was on a floppy disk and your data was on another disk. Your operating <laughs> system was on another disk. I mean, there wasn't a lot of moving parts. So the window um, you know, paradigm they came up with made sense back in the day. But then things started getting more complicated as technology advanced. And I feel like the window management has needed to become more flexible as the computers have got more complex. But I'm not sure that they've got it there. I'm not even sure what it looks like. I I feel the same thing about the Vision Pro. Like the Vision Pro is coming to us in, you know, early next year when it releases. And it's like native day one state where it's going to be very simple. But then over time, it's going to get more complex. And then the gestures are going to get more complex. And everything is going to have to advance. We saw the same thing with the touch interface on the the iPhone and iPad. Now there's secret gestures that you may not even know about and all this stuff going, but everything starts simple. And that was true with window management too. And the real challenge for anybody trying to do this stuff is how do you evolve it as the system becomes more complex? And I don't know that there's an answer to that, but we've got a few apps and solutions during the show today that I think will at least help you get a leg up on it. Yeah, and it's clear that that Apple is aware of this, right? If you look over the history of classic macOS and macOS 10, Apple has tried many times to make this easier for people. I mean, I, I think one of the, seriously, one of the most genius parts of the macOS 10 interface, and it's still with us today, are the stoplight controls, right? Red closes the window, yeah. yellow minimizes the window, Green maximizes the window. Now, green also does a bunch of other stuff now, which we'll get to, but so simple. Like you could sit, I, I really believe this. You could sit somebody down in front of the first version of OS 10 and they would like immediately get what those window controls did. Now, you know, old timers still miss window shade. The whole thing where like the window rolls up into the, the title bar. That was a pretty awesome feature of the classic Mac OS, but the stoplight controls, so simple basically universal, like almost everyone knows what a stoplight looks like. And they were able to bring that in from the real world to help manage our windows. All right. So I'm going to meet old timer who's cranky. I didn't think window shade was right. I never really liked it. I never could get used to it because you've got this long horizontal bar on your screen then. So the way it worked was you pushed a button and it rolled up the window, but it kept the bar. And I understood, you know, I had friends that would stack them so you could just, you know, lower the shade basically on whatever the active window was. Mm -hmm. But that felt to me like definitely an early day thing. And I was, I was fine to see that leave. You know, another thing you put in the outline that I liked was you could turn a finder folder into a tab and that was actually pretty useful. Yeah. So you could just, just drag a folder to the bottom of your screen and it looked like the top of an index folder, like a manila folder. I just go and I click on it. That, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, and they kind of have that in the dock now, but not really. Yeah. But yeah, so they they had early efforts, but I feel like this has been a constant struggle for Apple to find a window management system that works. One of the ways you see that is that the Apple systems never get deprecated. Like they add new systems, (laughs) but they don't take out the old system. I guess window shade came out, but you know, when when you had the switch to OS, you know, 10. Uh, then, you know, some of the old stuff had to go out the window, but the, um, everything since OS 10 has remained. Yeah. Really the only thing they've taken out 
that I could think of that was prominent in OS 10 was this weird single window mode they had. And uh, I have a link to John Syracuse writing about it a hundred years ago, where basically there was a purple window control on the right-hand side. And if you clicked it, everything else would minimize. And now we have hide other. So if I'm in Safari and I want all other apps to go away, I can select hide other from the menu and, and things go away. But you're right. The command tab switcher, uh, expose, spaces, like some of that stuff's rolled into mission control now, but they've they've basically kept all of it. And my feeling is that Apple doesn't really care what you as an individual user, like what parts of those you use. You know, that's not even to talk about stacks in the desk on the desktop and in the dock, which you you alluded to. Yeah. Let alone like the various ways you can organize Finder, right? Apple, I think, is kind of giving people a buffet of options and say, hey, look, if this fits your brain and the way you work, this is for you. And if it's not, you can basically ignore it or in some cases turn it off completely. And uh, I think that that works. This episode of Mac Power Users is made possible by Text Expander. With Text Expander, your team can communicate faster so they focus on what's most important. Because Text Expander gives your team's entire knowledge base at their fingertips. So your whole team is on the same page about getting information out of silos and into the hands of people who need it. You can share knowledge across departments so your team is sending unified messaging to your customers and isn't spending time reinventing the wheel. It's really simple how this works. First, you store your company's most used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then you can share a group of snippets with a whole team or just a department, organize it all very nicely so everyone has access to it. And then they can expand that content, deploying it across any app or any system they're on. It really is that easy. Here at Relay FM, we use this text expander in exactly this way. We have a collection of snippets for all of our sponsor names because companies like Text Expander sometimes capitalize the letter in the middle of their name, or sometimes they drop a vowel, or sometimes it's spelled in a way you don't expect. And look, it's really embarrassing to get wrong. We want to get that right. And so we use Tech Expander to make sure that those common errors are taken care of. We also have snippets for standard answers when it comes to membership support or URLs people need. It really makes it easy to make sure that we're all on the same page. Text Expander is available for the Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. So listeners get 20% off their first year. Just go to textexpander.com slash MPU to learn more and to sign up. That's textexpander.com slash MPU. The link is in the show notes and you'll get 20% off your first year. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of the show. All right, so let's get into what is available on the menu today. And uh, one of them that you kind of alluded to in the first segment was the purple icon that give you kind of this exclusive window mode. But now one of the things we have is the ability to have a full screen app. And that is a form of window management. Uh, you, you know, you hit the green button and a lot of apps, they take over the whole screen. And that's window management, right? You don't have anything else available to you on the screen. Yeah, th- that was definitely a uh, an iOSy kind of of tool, right? I think that showed up in the the Lion days sometime, and I think it works better in some apps than others. And it's definitely a feature that feels like it's designed with notebook users 
in mind, which I think is actually an important point to, to pause on just for a second, is the majority of Mac users are notebook users. More notebooks yeah. are sold than desktops. Now, a lot of people are like, maybe like like me, who use it with an external display a lot of the time. But we're talking about displays that are 13 to 16 inches in size. That's one reason we need these tools, right? That's one reason why things like uh, that full screen mode is there. Right? Hey, I want to see my photos as big as possible. Well, the way to do that is to, to get rid of everything else. The funny thing is, as fancy as I am with my computer setups, and you're going to hear about them later in the show, on my 13-inch MacBook Air, I use full screen a lot. There's many apps that I just run in full screen. I just find it easier. And you can switch between them very easily. I've got the four-finger swipe back and forth. Um, it totally blows my wife's mind, the idea that there's another screen hidden in there somewhere, you know, yeah. another space. Um, and and I think there's a lot of users out there for whom that will never work. But I think that if you're on a small screen, you know, like if you're in that 13-inch neighborhood, um, one window management method is full screen, and then you use uh, mission control. You swipe up. You can see all of them. If they're full screen, you actually have labels under them, so you can go to them quite easily. Um, the only uh, tip there is you have to turn off the default behavior. Default behavior says put the most recent windows next to me, so they're always shifting. And I like that spatial memory. Like I know that um, I have like my main screen, and to the left is you know calendar and and mail, and to the right is OmniFocus and you know craft or whatever I'm working out of. So I try to keep them spatially where my my brain knows where they are, I can go to them very quickly. I don't have them constantly moving. I think that's the weirdest default switch on the Mac, by the way. It's like, why would you j- jumble my screens every time I use another app? But the um, but that is, I mean, this we're going to get into some much more complex stuff in the, during the show, but that is a very simple window management if you have a small screen. I agree with you. That's the weirdest default <laughs> in, in Mac OS. Um, I think... Apple's biggest attempt to sort of bring all this together was Mission Control, where it's it's right on the keyboard. It's F3 on a modern keyboard where you get a little bird's eye view of everything that's going on, and then your spaces, so your virtual desktops, and your full screen apps are available at the top, and you you can rearrange them. That's basically how I work. I don't really use full screen apps. I have a couple of spaces, and I use Mission Control or Command Tab to get around. Um, one thing I'm curious, I mean, you, you talked about full screen apps. Do you use tiling on the Mac, you know, where you can put a window to the left or the right? It's kind of like a, it's kind of like split screen, I guess, on the iPad. Yeah. Okay. Let's go there. <laughs> the, um, Apple has their own version of, is it called tiling? Is that the official name of it? That, yeah, yeah. Which is not really what it is, but that's what the UI calls it. Tile window to left of screen and tile window to right of screen. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, the answer to all of these things is yes, because I'm constantly testing them. I'm, I really want to find like one of the things I want to do in the labs, I want to find a way to teach people how to do contextual computing easily. And I think window setups is a huge part of that. Like if you can just make your computer turn into the machine to do whatever you need, then you should do it. And everybody's got different preferences. So I'm always trying these different things out. Tiling um, is 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 um limited so the way it works is you can only use two apps and 
to set it up, you can do it from the green bu- green button, or you can just go into mission control mode and have a full screen app and drag another window on top of it. And then you have two apps on the same screen. When you get into that tile window with the two apps, you can grab a handle in the middle and and respace, uh, respace it. You can go to the left or the right and give one window more. Like if you've got a, a, a typical example for me is I have a tile right now of craft and OmniFocus. Well, craft takes more space because it's a lot of content in there and stuff where OmniFocus is generally a list. So I make craft about two thirds size of the screen. If I pull that drag thing over too far though, it just pulls OmniFocus out of full screen mode. And then now I've got to like reassemble them. And I think the, the thing about tiling that makes me crazy is that it's so damn precious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, setting it up takes specific work. Getting apps out of it takes work. I just feel like it just needs to be easier to get into and out of. I don't necessarily have the answer for that, but I don't like that about tiling. Yeah, it's too fiddly. Uh, I think your point is is exactly right. And w- I think this in particular is one area where the third-party apps we're going to talk about do it better where you can very quickly with a couple of keyboard strokes, put two apps side by side. And it's a little bit different because Apple system, those pairs become their own spaces again, kind of like the iPad, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just too fiddly for me. And I think even it's kind of confusing hiding those behind a hover on the green stoplight control. That's how you get to these. And I, I just don't know how many people are finding that or when they do, they know how to get out of it. It's just, it's a bit of a mess. The thing I like about it is it displays in mission control with the proper app names. So yeah, that's cool. You can very easily see where they're at. And if you've got app pairings that make sense together, like craft and OmniFocus or messages in Slack or whatever, and you're willing to give limited to two apps on a screen, it can give you a nice solid place to go to and always know those windows are there. Like for instance, one of the things I like to recommend to people is don't put your communications apps in your workspace. Like you should not have mail and messages in the background when you're working because it's always going to distract you. So giving them their own space with tiling, you know, that could be the solution for a lot of people, you know, just put them over there. And when you want to, deal with mail or messages, then you physically move the screen over to that space. And then when you're done, you move it away and then you're not so tempted. So I feel like it, it can be a tool. It's not unusable. Like you, when you set it up, it just takes a lot of manual work. The automation isn't as simple as it should be. And I feel like that it's a, uh, it could be better. Yeah. Also, also the two apps thing, like why not three apps? I mean, Apple's selling these massive size monitors now. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a 27 inch screen or a 30 inch screen or a 32 inch screen, two apps feels like, you know, you're giving them a lot of space. Maybe you could put more in. Speaking of things that are, are maybe a bit of a mess. We got to talk about stage manager on the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. I don't use it. So I, 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 my feelings were, I played with it when it came out. I hated all my windows swing around on an axis on the left-hand side. So I just gave up. Yeah. It's, I think this was a great idea. Like I think about my wife, um, you know, she's my prototypical um, novice user who does a lot of work on her Mac, but just doesn't stop to think about things like this. And I feel like having a visual representation of your app groupings 
along the side of your screen and the ability to switch between them very easily. I think there's some merit to that, but I feel like the implementation didn't go far enough. And granted, I make a show called Mac Power Users and I love automation and things like that, but uh, the whole process of Stage Manager, like split screen, is very manual and it's not intuitive. So when you set up these groupings, you have to really pull them together. Like, let's say you've got Safari on and you want to also have your email on, which I just told you you shouldn't do, but let's say you're going to do that. Uh, You've got to drag the email off the side and put it on with Safari and then you're good. But then you say, well, I also want the finder. So you hit command space, you open Apple's spotlight and you type finder and it says, there's a finder. Perfect. And then you hit return and it opens finder and it shuts everything else out, (laughs) you know? So, but you wanted finder on the window with them. So what you have to do then is open up the, uh, the grouping of Safari and mail. And then you have to go back over the side, get the finder, drag it on, make it fit and then fiddle with it to make it fit inside. Um, like all that stuff could be manageable, right? Maybe the default behavior should be open a new space for it or, I guess that's not space isn't the right word, but, you know, open a new workspace uh, for stage. it. Stage. Stage or something. Yeah. yeah, okay. But maybe you should have the option if I hit command enter or something that it opens it up without closing everything that's on the screen. Because quite often for me, at least, I find what I want more than anything is to add another app to what I've got currently on stage. I don't want to just hide all this and start something else. And I feel like like that stuff wasn't there. There's no automation story for it. Like there's no shortcuts, actions, or whatever to set them up. And there's no way to name them. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could say, here's the grouping for doing Safari research, and here's the grouping for doing writing. Uh, there's no way to save them. Like if I could open up my Mac and say, build my research grouping, and it just does that for me. I feel like all this stuff is within Apple's power. And maybe this is just that they don't want to go, you know, that level deeper with the power user features. But if they did that, um, the basic users wouldn't even have to know about it. And the power users could actually have a usable feature. Uh, uh, I just feel like they didn't go far enough. I feel like stage manager could work. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of one of the things I tested that uh, I'm doing videos for in the labs is the idea of, uh, just take Apple's features and let's say you don't want to buy any third-party apps. Can you make a usable system? Well, you kind of can, right? You could make some tiling, uh, say, like like I was saying earlier, put um, you know uh, Slack and, and um, messages together, then put like email and maybe your task manager together and make those tiles. So you've got separate spaces with those things on that don't get in your way when you're trying to work. And then you've got your main workspace and you can just use a stage manager for that. And then you've got research mode, writing mode, whatever the thing, you know, write proposal mode, whatever it is you do to pay for your shoes, you could have the different stages for that type of work and be switching through those throughout the day. Then you want to check email, swipe over to your comms. So you can check that swipe back. I mean, there's a way this can work, but it is all the setup of it is not automatic. It's going to be manual. And every time you restart your Mac, you're probably going to kind of have to rebuild it. And, um, and it just, I feel like Apple, they put a little more effort into it and added a little bit more power features. You know, we could be here today telling you how to make that work automatically. And then maybe that's all you need. My favorite part of Stage Manager is this absolutely wild story that uh, someone wrote. They were working at Apple in 2006. And basically what they were working on is Stage Manager, but it never came out, obviously, in that time frame. 
And so they wrote a blog yeah. post, like, which I think got taken down. So I have the Wayback Machine URL. I, I think Apple kind of wasn't thrilled about this, yeah. but I want to know yeah. everything about this. Like, it is amazing to me uh, that this this was resurrected, you know, a decade and a half later. Yeah, and it looks so much better now because the higher resolution screens and everything. Yeah. But this is really the concept. It's it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, you know, I feel like Stage Manager got short shrift from the um. Uh, from the nerds is short shrift the right word i think short. so all right I, there we go but either way um i feel like you know but i feel like power users are poo-pooing it but i feel like this is there's something to this and it could be better i mean i also think it probably originated for ipad more than mac because the ipad really didn't have anything and even when they announced it they're like well here's another thing you can do on the mac if this works for you you know you know go with this but I, I feel like it's just it didn't get enough it didn't get enough polish. I wonder if it was a mistake to ship it on both platforms like so close together. I mean yeah. I, I don't know. Because it's different but also the same on the iPad, like some of it's and we're gonna talk about the iPad version of this and more power users today, the longer ad free yeah. version of the show. But it, it's like it it's the same feature, but it's also not exactly the same feature. It's very, very unusual. Yeah, but I feel like the the failing of it on the Mac is not um, the idea is bad. I feel like the execution needed more more bells and whistles. You know, in, in order for us users to be able to practically use this, they just didn't go far enough. It's it's still very mouse intensive if you want to use this feature. And and the idea that I want to open a new app, I'm in a stage, and then it's just going to hide my stage. So then I got to go through the craziness of reopening the stage, dragging the app. I mean, it just seems to me that's the reason why you probably turned it off, right? It feels like, are you kidding? I got to jump through five hoops to do something I used to do with one, and yeah. then you're then you're done, right? Uh, the other problem is that there if there's more stages than you have space for, I think like five or six usually is about the limit. It just doesn't show them. So then you start killing stages and new stages show up that you didn't even know were there. So it just, and you can't name them. I feel like the whole naming thing is a general problem with Apple's features. Like you should be able to name the stages and mission control. You should be able to name the spaces rather than just have window one, window two. Uh, you can, you get names if you make tiles, but if you just create for independent spaces and you want you don't want to use apple's tile nonsense and you want to have your own window management they just have just window it doesn't tell you you know what's there and i feel like label or desktop it doesn't say windows it's desktop but i feel like you being able to customize that would be great say this is the comm screen and then you just know the comms apps are there and for whatever reason they just don't go that extra mile with this stuff and i don't know why but but something I want to talk about in more in depth, uh, a window management tool that I think is a success is the the app switcher, the old uh, the old command tab. Yeah, that is just so useful. Yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. It's my primary way of dealing with Windows and, and applications because there's a lot of there's a lot more it does than just switch. You hit you hit command and then tap tab if you hold shift you go backwards but yeah. when an app is or when an app's icon is highlighted you can do a couple of things if you let go it comes to the forefront you can also 
hide an app by tapping H, or you can quit an app by tapping Q. It it basically brings the app to focus with keyboard shortcuts uh, without having to like go or even see the app. And unlike the setting puts full screen apps and spaces based on last use where that's wrong and should have the the other way command tab changes so the the most recent apps you're using work the way to the front of the list and so if you're switching between safari and notes and you're going back and forth a bunch you can just hit command tab really quickly and go one two one two one two and i do that so easily and so rapidly i don't even think about it it's like totally burned into my head into my head that my right thumb is on command and my right ring finger is on tab and that's that's how i do a lot of stuff on mac os yeah and on top of that it gives you the ability to go ahead and uh quit the apps like you, you talked about the queue so like if you have app inflation and you suddenly have too many apps open you just hit command tab and just hit Q as you go down the line and you just quit a bunch of apps. It's like the easiest way to clean up your system. Uh, it respects spaces. So if you've got like a kind of setup, like I was talking about earlier, maybe you've got your comma screen over to the side or whatever. One of the easiest ways to get it is command tab, get on the mail app or whatever your comms app of choices and then let go. And then it just jumps to that space. Uh, I feel like that, um, it's a simple tool, but man, it really does make navigating your Mac easy. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's it's visual in a way that takes very little focus because I I basically know what all my app icons look like. Now they're all round wrecks now. And that's kind of a bummer, and like a lot of them are blue, but yeah. they're big enough where I can just like very quickly make a decision about what I want. When when this first rolled out in like 10.2 or something, it highlighted them on the dock and that only lasted a year. And they went to their current, what's still the current UI. And I don't think it's changed in 15 years because it, they nailed it the first time and it, and it really works. Now you can hold down the shift key with command tab to go backwards or just hit command tab to go forward. Do you ever do that? Do you ever go backward? Uh, no, I usually just go around back around. I, I don't know yeah, why. Go, me too. I just go around <laughs> the horn, man. Yeah. Whoop. Too fast. Can't stop. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great window management tool though. And, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like Apple definitely has interests in this stuff. I mean, they, they're like, we've already talked about three or four different options that they've, they've added. They're interested in it. Do you think they've succeeded with window management? I think for the average consumer, they're they're pretty close. I think most people, maybe they use Command Tab or maybe they use full screen apps. They're probably not using all of it together. But I think the fact that we have a 12-page outline and most of it is third-party apps that fill in the cracks show that there's still work to be done for people who, who really push their Macs harder. Yeah, and I think we're a small minority, honestly. I, I think you're right. I think they've probably mission accomplished. I mean, going back to my wife, she's never said to me, man, I hate the way my windows are managed. You know, that doesn't occur to her, right? Yeah, yeah. Most people don't even think, oh, is there a better way to arrange these things, right? It's yeah. it's 
every you know five or six years apple adds something to the us and maybe they discover it maybe they don't and they just uh keep doing doing it the way they're doing it yeah but uh microsoft did something a few years ago with windows where they added like a snapping feature to windows which has been happening for years microsoft did not invent this but they added it to the native operating system and i feel like a lot of people are like, yes, we just want that on the Mac. And yeah. uh, I, I think there's something to that. I think a lot of people who don't want to go down the automation window management rabbit hole would be quite happy to be able to snap their windows. Yeah, yeah. The, the way they're doing it in Windows 11 is really clever. And a bunch of, or some of the third-party apps are going to talk about sort of mimic it, but it's built into the native window controls. You can very quickly like lay out a grid. Windows also has uh, virtual desktops or what, what Apple calls spaces. Uh, on Windows 11, you can put that right in the uh, right in the the taskbar. Um, you get this new task view button uh, called virtual desktops, and you can very quickly get to them. And I think they're doing a pretty good job there too. Honestly, I think the way Windows is doing this is. I think it's more discoverable than what Apple's doing. And I think in particular, the tiling system they've put together, I think it's actually pretty easy to understand what it's doing. Like the visual layout is nice. You can very quickly kind of grok, okay, if I do this, this is what's going to happen to my windows. I think they're doing a good job over there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I, I think that um, the basic user friendliness of it is something that Apple should emulate. And I would yeah. like to see them add this. I'm not sure I would use those features. I probably still would want my third-party apps and my automations. But I think for a lot of users, that's a place that Apple could improve. Now, will they do it? That's the question. Do you think they would ever do it? I, I don't know. Um, I, I think, like we've said, I think the the use case for the majority of people is is basically covered. And I don't know. Like, I, mean, I don't think Apple's ever afraid to Sherlock somebody. But I, just, I don't know if, if like the list of things to add to Mac OS is like a native window tiling manager, something that is worth their effort. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to see what they would do, but whether or not like that's on Craig Federighi's, you know, sticky note for next year, I, I don't think it is. Yeah, I, I feel like to them, stage manager was, well, we're going to do that, but better. And this is stage manager. And I would almost be more inclined to see them take another whack at stage manager than to do snapping. But either way, we have uh, we have talked about the Apple stuff, but there is a lot of third party apps out there uh, that do window management, and uh, we've played with a lot of them. So I think we should do that next. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by SaneBox. Rescue your inbox with SaneBox right now. Try it free right now and get $25 off your subscription. Just go to sanebox.com slash MPU. Email is hard. People send a lot of it to you and you don't want to deal with it. At least that's my experience. And you know what you need? You need a little assistant that takes care of this for you. And that's what SaneBox is. SaneBox works behind the scenes to sort your inbox for you and keep it sane. It's really that simple. They look at the subject line and they look at the person. And with those two pieces of information, they're able to triage your mailbox for you. It's spooky, but it really works. It's it's really impressive. I've been using it for years, and it's the way I keep my inbox a sane box. 
It works with any mail application, so you don't get stuck on any specific platform. And it does a lot more than that, too. It allows you to defer emails. It auto-files your attachments for you. It's got a really cool remind you feature where when you send an email out, if someone doesn't reply, it can remind you to check up on that. Now, sometimes I hear from people saying, well, what about security? Uh, I trust it. I've been using it for years. Their CEO has gone on record saying that Sanebox will never profit off your data, and they don't even download the body of your email. All they're looking at is the subject line and the recipient. But just with that bit of information, they do amazing work. It is totally worth it. It's really simple. If you're having trouble with email, Sanebox will bring you relief. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. They've got this massive conversion rate with MPU listeners because they get the value proposition. You plug this thing in and suddenly your email is more under control. It's really that simple. I don't know how I'd get by without it. If you haven't tried it, you should check it out. Go to sanebox.com MPU and you get a $25 discount when you sign up for a subscription. That URL one more time, sanebox.com MPU. Let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users and turn your inbox into a SaneBox. Let's start with Moom, M-O-O-M. Moom yeah. is kind of a kind of an OG in this area. It's been around since 2011. I looked at my email. I bought it when it was new, like when it came out 12 yeah. years ago. Uh, I found my uh, my receipt and uh, buried in my email, and what I like about Moom, in addition to its longevity and its stability, is that Moom kind of samples a lot of different philosophies when it comes to these apps. So some of these apps we're going to talk about are very keyboard-driven, right? You hit command, option, control, and then a, some series of letters or arrows and windows go where you tell them to go. Other apps are very mouse or gesture-driven. You drag an app into a corner onto a side and something happens. Well, Moom uh, has a bit of both of that, and they put additional UI into that green spotlight, uh, stoplight control hover UI where Apple's tile right and tile left is. Moom puts things there as well. So I like Moom that if you're not quite sure what philosophy jives with you, Moom offers almost all of it, and you can kind of pick and choose what you want out of it, which is which is pretty cool. I could probably do a whole show on Moom because I, like you, I started at the beginning. I, I'm a fan of the Mini Tricks company. Yeah, they make a lot of little simple utilities for the Mac. They're not overpriced. They they've got good you know value pricing and they continue to make them good over the years and add little features that bring you joy and delight but i don't think moom is the easiest of these we're going to talk about some of these that are dead simple moom is one where you kind of have to make it what you want it to be but if you're straining against apple's built-in window management tools moom i think is a great place to start because like you said no matter what it is you want to do they've got an option for you like uh, the the little green button thing is cool. You turn it on, and when you hover over the green button, then it makes a little grid, and then you just drag your app to the grid you want, and it fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this on a recent episode, because by default, I think at the highest grid level is 9 by 9 but you can change that to any number you want. I changed mine to 20 by 20 and now I've really got a lot of control over <laughs> the way they look. You're moving things one pixel on your 6K display. I love it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, not one pixel, but you know, I, I do like to kind of really have control over them. Yeah. And this does it like one of the things moved a little touch is it allows for gutters. So there's like a 10 pixel gutter between apps off the built-in yeah. grid. So every, everything just looks nice. I, I like the gutter feature. Not all apps do that. And I don't want my windows touching. I want a little breathing room, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. And I like the little, like see your wallpaper just a little bit behind. I think that's kind of nice. Um, the, I feel like uh, where, where Moom, you know, but you have to, there's a, there's a learning curve to it. Right. Um, one of the things you can do if you go in Moom is they've got um, like different custom settings you can do. And it, it's really in the preferences is where you have to really dig in if you use this app. But you can make custom um, window like sizes and then you can in the app attach keyboard shortcuts to them. And so Moom is still my primary uh, app. Even after testing these, I'm still using it. And my primary keyboard shortcut is control, command, and arrow keys. And using those, I can do, well, actually, there's different sets of keyboard shortcuts. Actually, for the main ones with window uh, arrangement is I do control, command, and I use the JKL, like, a, you know, games use JKL to run forward yeah, and backward. Yeah, I like and stuff it. like that. So then I am, um, like, the left side is J, the right side is L, centered is K, and then, like, upper right corner is U and upper left corner is O. So I've got kind of like a, a, a little virtual grid, but I've reserved the control plus command keyboard shortcuts with that. And I, and I can set that exact spacing in Moom. So if, for instance, I wanted to, like right now I am running a stage manager experiment. I was doing it knowing we were running the show. I resize my left screen on Moom to leave a little gutter on the side. So the little stage manager icon sets have space and they don't get hidden. Uh, I didn't mention that earlier, but if you do crowd out the stage manager icons, they're still there. You just got to push the mouse against the left side of the screen. But the, um, but so I, I'm able to do that with it, but where I think Moom really shines and the, the, the best use case for Moom, in my opinion, is setting up groupings of windows. Like if you say, I want to, well, for example, right now I'm podcasting. So I have, a zoom recording box. I have an audio hijack recording box. I've got a big Safari window with the notes and I've got all that arranged on my screen just the way I want it. So I know where to look for stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, rather than having to set that up every time I set it up once with Moom, and then I created a snapshot in what they call a window arrangement in, in Moom custom settings. And you can attach a keyboard shortcut to that. So then you just trigger the keyboard shortcut when you got the apps open and suddenly your computer is ready to do, you know, podcasting mode. Yeah. And uh, you can even, it even has Apple script support, which I'll talk about later. But uh, so Moom can do all that. It can become a thing where it arranges your windows exactly how you want. It can be a thing that moves them around the screen, like a snapping thing. It does uh, mouse management, you know, with a green button. It, it is a uh, kind of a bit of a Swiss army knife for window management on your Mac. And it's 10 bucks standalone purchase. There's a free trial, so you can really kind of get the feel for it. Uh, and if it's your jam, it's on the Mac App Store. And most of these apps are not. So if you are a sort of a Mac App Store person, uh, it is available there. I, I, I think we're probably in agreement that if you're getting started and you're not sure of exactly what you want out of this, Moom's a pretty good place to to begin. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, and it, does, it does so many different things. But the trick with Moom is... You got to learn it. It's not something you just open up and start using. Yeah. 
I think that's true for for most of these apps. And you mentioned the uh, the preferences window. That is really key to all of these applications. In fact, most of them, the only UI they have is their preferences window. You know, almost all of these are menu bar apps. So you got to find it up there and, and open up its preferences window. And that's where most of these sort of explain their features and have their options. So any of these you try out, that's really my recommendation is to, to start in that preferences pane and, and see what's going on. Up next, Lasso. Ted Lasso. He thinks of what Ted uses. What kind of window management person? He's a stage manager person, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> he wants to have that that believe wallpaper always showing. Yeah, so <laughs> that's good. Gotta have his, that's good. Yeah. I put Lasso next because it is pretty different from Moom. And it Lasso's whole philosophy is, hey, friend, uh, your screen is a grid. And you can just very quickly put things on that grid. And it's super visual. You know, a lot of these are like, you set up a keyboard shortcut, like you mentioned yours with the JKL keys. And then it's up to you to remember them and kind of know what you want. Where Lasso feels a bit more ad hoc in a way where you can just, hey, I want, you know, this window to take up these four sections of my screen and then uh, put it there really quickly. And you can apply those per screen and you have a bunch of options, but it's much more visual than some of the others, which I think is an interesting take. And it's it's much more mouse driven. You know, it really is like if you're somebody who doesn't want to deal with keyboard shortcuts, this is an app that very quickly allows you to use your mouse to set your window sizes. I I think it's clever. It is clever. It is not the way that I want to work. Like I'm very keyboard driven, but a lot of people aren't. One thing I really like about Lasso and it, it puts it on a short list is that it can sync its preferences via iCloud. There are very few things as frustrating as really going into an application like this on your desktop. And then you go to your notebook, which is maybe even more important that it's there, and you have to reset it up. When I was running two computers, I wanted things like this to be the same everywhere. And Lasso has an option to set its settings on iCloud. So if you have two or more Macs, uh, your settings are with you wherever you go. I think that at this point in 2023 is table stakes. I think all these apps should have that. Uh, I know not all of them, like, I, I know there's some fine print with what kind of apps can do things in iCloud. Maybe I have a Dropbox option, something, because these settings are really personal and I think, honestly, kind of frustrating when they're not everywhere. Yeah, see, I, I'm a little different in that regard. Like, I want to have completely different window management settings between laptop and desktop because the screen sizes are so different. Um, the way I arrange windows on a big screen are going to be very different than what I do on a small screen. So I actually don't want my hmm. big screen setup stuff uh, jumbling up things on my my little screen. Okay. So, but you know, it's each his own, right? And I I, I think that can be a, an option you can turn off, right? <laughs> if it's there, mm-hmm. you don't have to use it. But for people who have like, if you're going between two computers with similar size screens, um, yeah, absolutely. But for me, because the I have such a big screen on my desk and such a little screen on my laptop. It really changes the game for me a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I, what I, one of the things I like about lasso is I think the it's got a very low barrier of entry. Like if you've got somebody in your life who wants to do some window management, but doesn't want to fiddle with things, you show them how it works. It's very simple. And then they can go, go to town. This one also has a seven day trial. 
Uh, this is 10 euro for a single license or 15 for a license that will work on up to three max, which I, I think is fair. Uh, this is a tangent, but a lot of these utilities don't necessarily offer pricing for like one seat versus multiple seats. And so when one of them does, I think it's, I think it's notable. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, another one on the list is Magnet. Yeah. This uh, is another one that is uh, that is a grid window organizer. I guess I'd say it's kind of in the vein of Lasso, but it's more powerful. Is that a fair statement? What I think, think it's fair. And I think it's it's also sort of like spiritually related to Windows 11, although it's a bit more keyboard driven. So you get basically 18, 18 options. And you can basically shove any window into any of those 18 options. You can apply a keyboard shortcut to each one. So you have not only left half of the screen, right half of the screen, but you have center third, right third. So you mentioned earlier how Apple's split screen is limited to two apps. With Magnet, you could have four apps vertically arranged in columns. And this one has come up on the forums before because people with ultra widescreen displays really dig this. That magnet lets you very easily kind of set things up in multiple columns that are side by side. Yeah. 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 This one's on the Mac App Store. Uh, it's 10 bucks. So again, right kind of in line. Um, and I think it's a big thing is that you you can do those rows and columns really easily. And while you you have those 18 and there's not as much customization as some of the other ones, then uh, I think I think in some ways that's nice. I think I think you can kind of fall down the rabbit hole of like moving things over by eight pixels. Like 18 is plenty for I think just about everybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm you know, my statement earlier about my 20 by 20 grid aside you don't need to go so crazy with this stuff, right? You generally want to have, you know, two or three windows at a time open. You don't want 17 windows open, <laughs> even no matter how big your screen is. It's just mm-hmm. visual noise, right? I'm just a little bit fiddly with my sizing. That's all, but it's just me. But, you know, going even windows, you know, split screen where they put two on the screen, even on a big monitor, that that's fine, right? For a lot of people, you know, messages and slack or email next to each other that's good that's good enough yep uh another one that uh that's even put on the list i'm really glad you did is better snap tool yeah it's uh you know it's by the same guy that makes better touch tool um i you can find it over at fullavora.ai i i really like this developer i feel like he's so invested in the mac we actually had him on the automators podcast to talk about better touch tool at one point it's just a really great app and uh it's uh again a little fiddly because that's what this guy does right he gives you all the options and uh but it's it's an option that you can get it's one of the few it's, it's like you know better touch tool has long since gone beyond the ability to be sold in the mac app store because yeah. it's better touch tool right but you can actually get this one in the mac app store too yeah uh, this is what i use i use better snap tool it kind of fits with what I want. I do everything keyboard shortcut uh, driven. It has adjustable gutters, so spacing between windows. Um, but it also has a lot of options that you can turn on and off. I have most of them off because I don't necessarily use all of them. But one of my favorite things is you can disable 
some drag targets. So Better Snap Tool, like a lot of these others, lets you drag a window to the side of the screen, you know, to make it the left half or the right half, or drag to the top of the screen to make it full screen and drag to a corner. I really only ever want things right and left. Like I don't stack things vertically very often in this sort of way. And a lot of apps, if I had a a window under my cursor and I got too close to the top of the screen, it would say, oh, hey, you want to you want to put that here? I can take it, you know, give it to me. And that's not what I want. And so I could turn it off. So I just have right and left drag zones enabled. And it's a small thing. But in a field with a bunch of contenders that all kind of do the same thing, that's why this one jumped out at me. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a theme here, right? Is you find the set of unique oddball features that scratches your itch and then you stick with that one. I think for me, it's Moom's ability to Apple script setups, like the ability yeah. to create a command to, to just set the windows up for me that really is a killer feature for me. But for a lot of people listening, they're like, are you insane? Why would you do that even? And so it just, you got to find the the one that, that lands for you. And uh, I'm glad that you like this one. And yeah. you couldn't be supporting a better developer, honestly. It's true. Yeah, he went he went solo a couple of years ago. Like that, this is his thing now. So we got to keep this guy making apps. That's right. That is right. One app that's that's on our list that does a whole lot more than window management, but it's a feature of it is Raycast. Yeah, I love Raycast for this. I mean. Uh, I'm I'm an Alfred guy because for a lot of reasons, but I also run Raycast simultaneously. I've been playing with it. I can never bring myself to just uninstall it, but their window management tools in Raycast are really impressive. Just open up Raycast and type window, and then it gives you a bunch of options. One of my favorites is almost maximize. Like if you're on a laptop and you don't want to fill the whole screen, but you want to have it almost take over. It's, it's, I love the fuzziness of it, like almost maximize, right? It, it's maximized, but almost. But they've got all the usual suspects bottom half, top half, left half, right half, top center. So you can go through and find whichever ones you want. One of Raycast's great features is you can always attach keyboard shortcuts to any command in Raycast. So if you like almost maximize or left half, you can just go ahead and add keyboard shortcuts to them right there. And that does a lot of the window management that we've been talking about with some of these third-party apps. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Alfred. I also am an Alfred user. There are a handful of Alfred workflows that can do window resizing and management. But in my running through them, I really wasn't impressed with, with any of them. And a couple of the big ones actually are straight up like deprecated, like not, like not developed. They haven't been updated in like, five years or something. So for me, uh, I think this is really awesome that Raycast does this. And, uh, you know, as an Alfred user, I'm kind of left out of that. But again, there's so many other third-party options. It's it's fine. Yeah, at this point, I'm running control space for Spotlight, option space for Raycast, and command space for Alfred. But Alfred is the one I use by far the most. But yeah, that's a cool feature, and uh, it gives you window management right there. If you're already using Raycast, you don't need a third-party app. If this if this will scratch the itch for you. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Electric. Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. 
But that's hard when your attention is pulled in a bunch of different directions. And that's, look, that's the reality of being a business owner. Well, the team over at Electric knows that small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why Electric is on hand to help with time-consuming parts of your business, like standardizing device security with best-in-class device management software, so you can implement best practices across the board and be ready to scale. They can handle employee onboarding and offboarding, saving you an average of eight hours per request. Plus, Electric will help you keep a single point of visibility into your IT environment to control your devices, networks, and applications. While their simplified reporting allows you to achieve and maintain compliance. And Electric's proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows make IT easy to manage even for non-technical users. If you're hearing this and you think your company could really use these services, but you're not sure where to start, don't worry. Electric's experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT processes for your organization. Delegation is so important within a business. So if you're a business owner or a manager, or maybe you're just working at a small business and you see these issues, Electric is a great uh, great service, a great company to go work with because they're the experts. You can delegate to an expert and know things will be taken care of. Look, even in a small company, IT stuff can be all over the place. It is really important to standardize these things. So for MPU listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash MPU. That's electric.ai slash MPU. Go there now for your free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of the show. You found an app and research for this show that I immediately installed and started using, uh, Mission Control Plus. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I should not take full credit. Federico Vatici turned me on to this. So this is not like Moom or Magnet or the others in terms of being a full-blown window manager. But what this is is a $9 utility. It's also on Setup, which is cool, that... It's kind of a plugin for mission control. So if you hit that that F3 key and you see all your windows, you're kind of limited what you can do with them. You can kind of just basically select the one you want and it brings it to the front. But Mission Control Plus adds a way to close windows, minimize windows, or even quit applications from mission control. Yeah, you mouse over it and it puts a little X in the upper left corner. It's a little fiddly to land on that X. I don't know. Have you found that? Like, it's easy to miss it. Yeah. I've been using the keyboard shortcut <laughs> mostly to do it, which is a uh, command W. Yeah. And then you can also minimize with the keyboard shortcut. You can open and quit um, all with the command key. So command W, command N, command Q. But it, it does give you a little bit extra in mission control. And if you're using mission control, why not? I wish it lo- allowed you to rename spaces. <laughs> You know, but I I think that's probably a bridge too far. I don't think Apple will will allow that with the way Spaces is is this run. There's no API for it. But yeah, but yeah, it's a little improvement. If you're already on Setup, definitely just download it. That's what I did because I've already got a Setup subscription, and it just gives me a little more power in Mission Control than I had before. Yeah, this is such a cool, uh, such a cool app, and I, I just I love that it just takes it takes what Apple's doing and just adds like a. Just a little bit on top. I, I think that's really, uh, really pretty awesome. And hey, it's it's nine bucks. So like you can run this in parallel with something else and be totally fine. Yeah, I guess I should have mentioned earlier when you were talking about Raycast, 
I'm sorry, when you talked about um, a better snap tool, I also use better touch tool for this stuff to a certain degree because there's certain things I've always wanted to do, uh, like moving windows between spaces that I've not found easy ways to automate, but they have all that stuff built into better touch tool. And I'm not sure what sort of, you know, dark magic you use to get that command in there, but then you can just add a keyboard shortcut. So um, you can move windows between spaces if you have multiple spaces, which is a bit of window management through better touch tool. While we're uh, mentioning things you should have mentioned earlier, let me put in here too, that a lot of these applications require some level of accessibility access on your Mac. Some of them need to record the screen. Some of them need a moderate input. That's basically par for the course on these applications. And given what they are and what they do, I totally understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't freak me out. But just be aware, like when you install these, you're gonna have to go to system settings and you know, most of them will like give you a shortcut right to it. Uh, but that is part of the game when you're talking about these applications. Yeah, and this isn't something that's devious. It's just if you want to run Windows, you've got to have additional access. Yep. And not not possible without it. Yeah. Another one that you found for the show that I wasn't aware of was Swish. This was new to me as well. This might be the most bonkers one on the list. So this this application, so I installed with it. I played with this, I think, uh, longer than maybe all the rest of them combined just to try to understand it. Not that it's complicated. It's just really different. So Swish is based around gestures uh, on the Magic Trackpad and the Magic Mouse. You can do keyboard shortcuts, but Swish, it's really it really wants to be... Uh, it really wants to be driven with gestures. And there's like 30 of them built in. You can customize a bunch of them. Let me just give you some examples because th- this app is kind of hard to talk about. If your cursor is on a Windows title bar, you can swipe right or left with two fingers and it will move the window to the right or left of the screen, depending on which way you gestured. Clever, super clever. Pretty understandable, I think. But then it gets weird. Pinch in twice on a title bar, quits the app. Swipe down with two fingers, minimizes the app. Uh, Swipe on the menu bar at the top of the screen to switch between applications. Uh, This app does some wild stuff. I think it's really clever. It is 100% not for me, but I guarantee you it's 100% for somebody listening to the show. Yeah. It's like playing the piano, right? If you want to play the piano and manage your windows, this is the app. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're just very trackpad driven, right? The reason I like keyboard shortcuts is because sort of the way I compute is I want to my mouse as little as possible, right? But there are lots of people who the exact opposite is true, or maybe it's easier for them to remember or to actually execute a gesture as opposed to a complicated keyboard shortcut. Maybe that's just easier physically for somebody. So I really like that this exists. I really like that it's a lot different than some of the other options that we have seen. And I was so tickled when I came across it because look, a lot of these have a lot of overlap and swish is kind of an outlier. I think, I think that's good. I think the market needs apps like this. I mean, there's part of me that wants to be the guy who can do all the stuff with this trackpad. Like I do that occasionally. I set up a bunch of macros and better touch tool. And yeah, exactly. Like, and, yeah. Then, and then I like start using Safari or something. And then like windows start randomly closing on me and stuff because 
I've triggered a better touch tool script that I forgot I made. And so I'm just not, I'm just not quite there, but I agree. In fact, if this app speaks to you, tell us about it in the forums. I want to hear, hear about people using Swish because it really is. I don't know. I, I agree. Like there's some moxie in putting this app together again, available on set app. So if you've got a set up subscription, we're not in the, the can for setup gang, but I, I do like to let people know if they've got their subscription, they can get that for free. Mm-hmm. Up next we have, this is very confusing. It's kind of a pair of apps, but it's weird. So rectangle and rectangle pro uh, rectangle is free and open source. And it's a basic window manager where you have, uh, lots of preset window sizes down to one sixth of the screen, which is like if you're in a laptop, it's pretty small. Um, yeah. Lots of placements all set with keyboard shortcuts. The free version has a trick that I think is really awesome that not a lot of these apps have is if you repeat a command and a window can jump between your displays, it will. So for my setup, I'm sitting in front of a studio display I have my MacBook Pro off to the left. If I have a window that I want to move over there, I can use my keyboard shortcut to take up the left half of the screen. And if I hit it again, it will jump to the screen next to it because there's more pixels sort of virtually there. That's really cool. A lot of these apps treat your displays as two distinct discrete things. And this is one of the few that treat that as sort of one big mesh and you can move things between them really easily, which is uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people using multiple screens. So Definitely. So you want a way to simplify that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And there's a pro version too. With the pro version, you can create your own snap position to use alongside the built-in options. Did you try the pro version, Steven? I did. Yeah, I did. And it this, its own snap position is similar to something like Lasso, where basically you can say, hey, Instead of left half, I want, you know, sort of these two skinny columns and only this tall. So you can you can save those. Um, the pro version also has a thing that you like where you can arrange an entire workspace with just one shortcut. And it has a nice. cool trick where it can do that automatically when a new display is detected. So if I sit down and plug in my studio display, it can say, oh, hey, new display here. This is what Steven wants and put everything where I want it. That That's pretty sweet. I mean, it's really cool that Moom has Apple Script support, but it's also cool that Rectangle Pro can do it automatically. Yeah, that is nice. That is nice. There's actually a lot of nice features in this app. I mean, there's just so many options for window management. And again, I feel like that's a little bit of a reflection that there's not that many ways to do it out of out of the box. Yeah. And I guess there's as many different ways to manage windows as there are people using Macs, you know, when you get down to it, everybody has a different preference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why this is such a, an interesting field, right? All these developers clearly had a way they want to do something. And so all these apps kind of approach the same thing, uh, in, in slightly different ways. Um, the, the last thing I'd say about rectangle though, before we move on is it also has this feature where you can use a cursor and a modifier key to like fling an app at the side of the screen and it goes where you want it to kind of like all the, the swipey gestures in the previous app, but a little bit different. It's kind of an interesting take on it. I think 
it's much easier to do it via keyboard shortcut, but you also have this option. Um, and then this one also syncs its features with iCloud if you pay for the the $10 Pro version, which, uh, like I said, may work for some, may not work for others. Yeah, but there's something eminently sexy about throwing your windows around with your mouse, right? It's just, you go to the right, you go to the left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, move over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's cool, but I, I think I'm going to stick with the keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, me too. A couple that uh, we looked at didn't make the cut, and uh, we thought we'd share those as well. Yeah, I think just because there are a lot of them out here. Um, there's really three that I came across that didn't really uh, didn't really fit the bill for me, either because they were seemingly abandoned. Where um, there was one uh, uh, like Divi. Basically, it doesn't seem like it's been updated in a long time. Like the UI feels very old and the website is pretty out of date. Um, like there's an update saying, oh, hey, we have an update for Touch Bar Max. Like, okay, well, that was six years ago. Like what, what have, yeah. what's been going on since then? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so Divi's one that I think is probably worth worth skipping over. The only one that really like I had like a kind of an allergic reaction to is one called Veer, uh, V-E-E-E-R, so three E's. Uh, yeah. Veer loses points because the developer spells it O-S-X, all one word. Uh, that's the thing that Linux people do <laughs> yeah, to yeah, Mac yeah. users, and I hate it. It also looks like this developers that never actually used a Mac or seen a Mac. Like this UI is bananas on Mac OS. Um, there's a lot better more native feeling tools than uh than this thing i think yeah i think if you're looking more for one that's run by keyboard shortcuts you want the ability to customize those keyboard shortcuts yeah and uh but whatever you know there I, I feel like there's a lot of people throwing their hat into the ring and you know maybe these will scratch the itch for you if you're listening you can go check them out we'll put links in the notes but the uh but they, there's just a lot of options and you need to think about how it is that you like to think about window management is a keyboard thing or a mouse thing. Is it a trackpad thing? Yeah. And then start like honing in your focus after that to see what lands for you. Yeah. I want to talk about automation and setups. So can we do that next? Sounds good. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MPU to find the right doctor right now. Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor and you ask everyone you know about their recommendation? I mean, it makes sense. You want a doctor who actually gets you, listens to you, and makes you feel super comfortable. Finally, after weeks of searching, you find the one. They meet all your requirements and then some. So you call their office and they have an appointment available. Then you find out that your perfect doctor doesn't take your insurance. Don't worry. Head over to ZocDoc to find and book the doctor who's right for you and takes your insurance. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for one who takes your insurance, is located near you, and treats almost any condition you're searching for. These doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients, not bots. And the average wait time to see a doctor book on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 48 hours. That's it. 
You can even get same-day appointments. And once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately with just a few taps. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. I think ZocDoc is the perfect app to solve this huge problem we all have. We live in this crazy world where the insurance companies sent us printed books with lists of doctors. I mean, you guys have to have got that. I've got one sitting here, too. They're never up to date. So you go through the book, you call them, you wait on hold, then you find out, oh, no, we're not actually on that insurance company anymore. It is completely vexing. Save yourself time and get better doctors with better reviews using ZocDoc. Just load up the app, pick one, read the review, say, yeah, she's going to be great. And she's on my insurance and I can book an appointment with one tap in this app and you're done. Anybody who doesn't want to go crazy booking their next doctor appointment should download this app. You can go to ZocDoc.com slash MPU and download the ZocDoc app for free and then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com slash MPU, zocdoc.com slash MPU. Go there today, check it out, download it, let them know you heard about it here at the Mac Power Users. And next time, find your perfect doctor with ZocDoc. So what's up? What's in the, up in the world of automation? I know Shortcuts has some simple tools for rearranging windows, um, but what have you been exploring here? For me, the um, the underlying goal of window management is what I call setups. You know, getting yourself into a very simple setup to do your work. Like, you know, it kind of gets back to contextual computing, right? If if every time you want to go from answering email to doing work, you've got to close and open apps and drag windows and do all this stuff. I think that's a degree of friction that makes it harder for you to get into the mode of work. And I don't think Apple or anybody's really done a good job of making it easy to switch mode. And if you look at the science, uh, that switching comes at a cost. It's very hard for our brains to do it. So what happens is you just end up stacking windows on top of each other. So I've got, you know, I've got the mail up open here, but I'm just going to open Safari and start doing the research. And I'm going to open the spreadsheet app and start working on the spreadsheet. And you've just got this jumble of mess and different contexts uh, represented on your screen. And I know uh, for some people, they roll their eyes when I talk about this stuff, but I think it really makes a difference if you can customize your screen to serve the current thing you're focused on. And uh, so just bear with me as I talk through this, because I think this is a thing I've been like working on actively to find ways to do that, you know, like make writing mode, make communications mode, make research mode. Uh, There are some apps out there. I think that the poster child for this is probably Keyboard Maestro. It's very powerful automation tool and it has built-in basic window management tools in it there's keyboard maestro actions where you can throw screens up on the left side or the right side or whatever and keyboard maestro does a really good job allowing you to close apps and open new apps and and it also even allows you to address secondary screens so if you've got multiple monitors you can do that and you really can make a keyboard maestro script and i would recommend if you do it set it up on a conflict palette if you use keyboard maestro you probably know what i'm talking about where you can have multiple scripts triggered by the same keyboard shortcut so like i use caps lock s and uh, using better touch tool i've turned the caps lock key into the hyper key which is shift control option command and as i hear myself talking i'm like people are just like rolling their eyes but the um <laughs> Well, I guess I should slow down. So I make a keyboard shortcut. It could be whatever you want, something but S for setups. And then it gives you multiple ones. Like, what are you going to do next? Are you going to do email? Are you going to write? Are you going to research? Are you going to do a spreadsheet? Whatever the thing is you're going to do. 
But then uh, Keyboard Maestro gives you very powerful tools to do that. Like you can say, not don't just open up the word processor, open up the word processor to this to this document that I'm writing or open up finder to this folder that has all my resource spreadsheets in it. Or, you know, you can really dial it in and make a setup that not only gives you the apps you want and the places you want, but also gives you um, the specific files and, and locations that you want. So it really allows you to kind of jump from one context to the next. And at the same time, Keyboard Maestro can quit or hide all the other apps. So the email and Safari or whatever else you don't want to see gets out of the way and allows you to focus. If you've never tried this, I recommend you try it because I find it a a real productivity hack that works. Uh, Keyboard Maestro is the place I did this to begin with. There are limitations, however. I mean, it has basic window management tools, but they're not as good as Moom or some of the other apps we've talked about today. Uh, You can do literally a pixel by pixel management, or you can do it based on the percentage of the screen, but it's quite fiddly to start doing that. Like, well, I want this 1,238 pixels by whatever, right? It's like all of a sudden it feels like you're going down a rabbit hole. Um, And if your screen changes or the resolution changes, then it doesn't work right. So I think Keyboard Maestro, while it's good at the window management, it's better at just setting up the right apps you need. So what I like to do in that case is run it with Moom. And Moom has the ability to do the window management stuff like I talked about. And you can do a a setup of the apps in exactly the places you want and attach a keyboard shortcut to that. And in Moom, you can push a keyboard. I'm sorry, in Keyboard Maestro, you can have it push a keyboard shortcut. So you're basically using a little bit of automation from column left into the column right. And suddenly you've got a way to very quickly set up your Mac for exactly the type of work you want to do. Have you ever played with that, Stephen? Is that something you have any interest in? I haven't haven't played with it that much. I mean, I feel like the level of, I just want this window here and there is enough for what I'm doing. But I definitely think it's an interesting area to explore. And I am glad that you can explore it in multiple ways. So if you want to get there, but, tool a or b isn't quite right there's still other options yeah and and so i really got interested in this when i was practicing on being max sparky because context shifts were very important but even when i'm just doing one job i still find it useful but then shortcuts showed up and i thought well i'm not sure shortcuts is ever going to be up to the job of doing setups but then someone in the labs challenged me and i said well okay let me see what i can do and i'm sharing a shortcut with the um with the listeners if you go it's a it's my journaling setup script. So that's a shortcut you can download into your shortcuts, and you can see several of the things I'm doing there. Um, but uh, there are advantages to doing this in shortcuts. Uh, for instance, if you want to use a focus mode, you can turn on a focus mode ridiculously easy with a shortcut, right? And you can do a lot of interesting stuff in shortcuts that you wouldn't be able to do even with something like Keyboard Maestro. So I, I find that it's actually in some ways, better to do it in shortcuts. And, you know, it's kind of more system-based. The uh, But, you know, so and it does have a command to quit all apps. So if you want to hide everything, you can run that first and then kind of have a blank slate that you start from. Uh, The one I, I shared was journaling. So what I do when I journal is I have usually 
uh, day one on one side of the screen and my photos app on the other side of the screen. Like we've talked about in the past, both of us like to drag photos into day one. And, um, and that's a great way to do it. You just push a button and it's turned on for you. I turn on my personal focus mode. I hide all apps. Um, I have a timer in timery about journaling. So I go ahead and trigger that. These are all very simple one action uh, shortcuts. And then I open the apps. The The real trick, though, is the window management. Now, Shortcuts has lousy window management. It does yeah. have the ability to do basic window management, but it doesn't even qualify for our list here because it's just not very, it's just not deep enough. Uh, but, and so rather than do that, I set these up using Moom and then I trigger them because Moom has Apple script support. And if you're at all interested in this, uh, download the sample shortcut I, I put into the show notes and the Apple script is there. You can just copy that, but it's, it's one line. Tell the application Moom to arrange windows according to the snapshot. And then in quotes, you put the name of the, of the snapshot. And I just put sample in the one that, that you're getting so you can change it to whatever you want. But all, that's, it's a simple command. You run it in a one step action in shortcuts and boom, you're an Apple scripter. And, but the, the gold of that is then it just arranges the windows as you've sent in, in Moom. So you need to have Moom running in order for this to work, mm-hmm. but it it's a very quick way. And I, I find setups setups with, and window management with a combination of shortcuts and Moom is, is completely doable. And like one of the, the ways I've tried this, cause I've tried this window management thing so many ways, like I'll go through some of the different methods is just one space. What if I just had one space and every time I wanted to do a different task, I just ran a shortcut that rearranged and rebuilt my computer for that thing. And like, if I want to do email, I've got to open the email stuff and close the other stuff. But again, I like putting the barrier between me and email so I don't get tempted by it. But I also like email going away because I did a completely different setup when I go to do actual work. And this is a, a great way to do that. And, uh, you know, just download the sample, you'll see. And then there's another method made by our friend Brett Terpstra over at, you know, Brett Terpstra's website. It, Brett wanted to do window management and setups, but he wanted to do it based on a text file because he's Brett. And he made an app around it called Bunch. And Bunch is a great little app. And you can support Brett and check this out. But you just create little scripts. They're kind of marked down, but not. It has its own syntax. But like to open an app, you just put the app name in. But there's other things you can do. You can have it open a specific website and do things like that. And there's a lot of nerds just using Bunch to do the same thing. And I feel like Keyboard Maestro shortcuts and um, and Bunch are all perfectly acceptable ways to do this. Um, you know, going back to shortcuts, one of the way things I've been experimenting with is like, if I want to do podcasting, why not have it open Safari and then open Safari to the specific tabs I need? You know, the one where we do the show planning or we read the ads or whatever. And it does that. But one of my big frustrations this year was that Apple didn't give me a shortcut action to open a specific tab group, because then that would have made it even easier. Now I have to physically open the tabs. But um, there's, if you go down this rabbit hole, and you get lost, let me know, because this is something I'm very interested in. People in the labs are well familiar with it. I've released several videos on different methods and practices to do this, but I really feel like this is a game changer. 
that our computers should be able to obey our commands. In fact, that's another thing I should explore is triggering these with my voice. That would be easy enough. Uh, but just like the idea of saying, okay, I'm going to do spreadsheet work now. Make yourself into a spreadsheet computer for me and just have it do that. Or I'm going to be a communications guy and I'm going to answer messages and answer email. Do that for me. And then your computer just arranges itself. And that's a combination of window management and some other things. But if you go down this rabbit hole, I think you may be, uh, you may be surprised how helpful it is. Uh, so that was my pitch for window management. Sorry. Uh, no, good. Some of the things, yeah, some of the things I've done for this is I've tried so many different ways to pull this off because I want to find a way to teach it that lands with people, but I have the same problem Apple does. Not everybody manages windows the same. Like right. you could do this with stage manager. Like you could say, all right, uh, I'm going to have stages with the different types of work I do. And I'm just going to click between them as I go through my day. You could put like, I keep coming back to, communications because I feel like that having that on the screen can be really a problem, but you could have email and messages, just a little tiny stage in your left side and say, okay, I want to deal with that. Now I'll go click on it and the other stuff will go away. Uh, But the limitations of stage manager make it harder, right? Uh, Because it only gives you so many stages because you have to manually create them. You've got to still organize the windows when you get, I think stage manager isn't quite there to do this. Yeah. Um, another thing you could do is you could have multiple stage managers. And by that, I mean, stage manager works independently in separate spaces. We didn't mention that earlier, but it's true. So if you put two spaces on your Mac, you could have one space that is your communication space and still use stage manager. So you've got one grouping that has, you know, your email app and another grouping that has your like, um, messages, Slack type app, and another grouping that maybe has your social media stuff. And you can just click between those on that stage and just keep them on that stage. Whereas you've got your, maybe your production um, space where you've got Microsoft Word and Excel or whatever it is you do to do your work as separate stages. And that will work too. So I'm just listing these off. So I'm hoping as you listen, maybe one of them lands with you. Um, You can do stage, Matt. You can do this with full screen apps. I talked earlier in the show of just putting together full screen apps on my laptop and jumping between them. Apple mail doesn't get in my way. If it's on its own space, I have to go to that space to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the best way to do it honestly is manage windows and probably multiple spaces where you use one of these apps that we've talked about to put together window groupings and keep them in their own spaces. It's just, the friction I find of going between spaces is just enough to keep me from going there without having a reason, but getting me there quickly when I need to. And I think that's kind of the sweet spot, but you've got to figure that out, what works for you. And with all the tools we talked about today, you could put something together on this. And this is a great topic for the forums. I promise to keep an eye on that post and, and weigh in if people are, are looking at it. But uh, the payoff of all this window management stuff to me is being able to make my computer contextually give me what I need when I need it and nothing Mm -hmm. else. I found it so interesting when Apple added that window manager stuff to shortcuts. And I agree with you, it's not nearly as as good as it should be. But that felt like a real acknowledgement on their part. we We talked earlier about would Apple do something like a tiling manager? And we said, no, probably not. Well, they kind of have in shortcuts. Now, it's not exactly what we want it to be necessarily, 
But I do find it interesting that it's there that they that that Apple at least at least someone at Apple or someone on the shortcuts team they view this as a useful tool when it comes to automating on macOS, and I find that encouraging. Right, anytime shortcuts gets a feature that's sort of out on the fringes, you know, kind of where like you and I and most of our listeners live, that is always exciting yeah. to me because it means that Apple at least is aware that people want tools for whatever that that feature is. Agreed. Uh, man, Apple, give me an action to trigger a Safari tab group. That would make this whole contextual computing thing easier, so much easier. Because so often your work involves getting in Safari and a group of tabs. I don't understand why that doesn't exist. Maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, something to look forward to. Uh, either way, we are the Mac Power Users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. We had a lot of apps today. Steven, I just want to say, uh, he took the brunt of this. He went down all these rabbit holes with these third-party apps. Man, thank you, Steven, for, for taking that one for the team. But they're all linked in the show notes, so you can go check them out. Uh, that script I talked about, that shortcut is also there. Go check it out. Figure out what window manager works for you. Maybe even give this idea of contextual spaces and a run let us know what you think thanks to our sponsors text expander samebox electric and zocdoc we'll be talking about ipad windows management today on more power users otherwise we'll see you next time <laughs>